Welcome to today's episode, Income Targeting. Should we even care about IRMA? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today with Tyler Emmerich, Certified Financial Planner and CFA, as he reviews a recent article that suggests planning for Medicare IRMA surcharges doesn't move the needle. We'll explore IRMA, how it affects retirement income planning, and how you should account for IRMA in your financial planning. Stay tuned and welcome to Retire Smarter. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Tyler Emmerich and looking forward to our conversation about old Miss Irma on the show today, Tyler. <laughs> but uh, no, just kidding. Uh, we've got a great program today. Looking forward to diving into all of that with you as we teased at the beginning of the show. But before we dive into all that, what's going on in your world? Oh, not much. Well, doing great. Uh, coming off a good weekend. Actually, when we were prepping for the show and, and catching up before, I didn't I didn't mention this, but I had got a text from my wife. And uh, have you ever heard of uh, uh, survival swim lessons? Have I have I talked? Have we talked about this no, before? Survival swim lessons. Swim lessons. Okay. Yeah. So uh, my little toddler, my two year old. Um, I don't know if anybody's ever seen it, but there's videos online where they got these toddlers and they're coursing them into the swimming pool, and then they just toss them in, <laughs> and they what? go and they turn and float. So I just got a video of my little toddler at the ed- edge of a pool and uh, Miss Des, who's her swim teacher, actually pushing her in the pool. She tumbles over and then she rolls over and floats for about five minutes. And it is the craziest thing as a parent to see your little kid just get tossed into a pool and, and moved around. But wow. <laughs> okay, I didn't know if we had talked about that before. No. Or not. But I literally just got the text this morning. Is there so that's, training that's ahead on. of time of like, okay, when you get pushed in, you're going to flip over? Or are they just literally like, hey, welcome to the pool, kid. Boom, you're in there. <laughs> welcome to the pool, you're in. No. <laughs> no, quite a bit of training. They've okay. been doing it for a couple months now. And this was her graduating class. And on the graduating class, she's like all dressed. She has to wear a hoodie, shoes, everything. And that's the test to say, well, hey, if she was by a pool and she was walking along, she happened to slip in, you know, survival, right? So her being able to flip over and be able to float for a period of time and then eventually being able to get to the side. That's cool. So, but it's, uh, it's pretty wild to see, but. Yeah, it literally just got the text. Will that so. apply to pools or a <laughs> pond or anything, right? Like that's Yeah, hopefully, skill. I would think, right? Um, obviously, you never know the panic factor, I guess, but um, maybe just one additional um, protection there or anything we can get. So well, Back when we lived in a house that had a pool, I fell into it plenty of times by accident. <laughs> and so that was, I, I may have used some of that. You're still here, so yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it must be all right. It can happen really quickly, though, not to, not to go super serious, but this does happen every mm-hmm. day, especially in the sure. summer you're here in store about that. And I remember when we had our first visitors at that house where we had the pool, um, Mm -hmm. it was some of our friends and they had two young children. And so they came into the house and I, you know, we, you know, they brought in a couple of bags, we were making dinner and stuff like that. But literally within the Mm -hmm. first minute I said, okay, so we have a pool, we have young children. So I want to just set up, we don't have a lifeguard. So I want to set up some Mm -hmm. ground rules. Someone always needs to be with one of the children. And about five seconds later, someone went, where's so-and-so? And we looked outside. The two kids had already snuck away and were already uh-uh. at the water's edge trying to like oh. leaning over the pool, like literally could have fallen in right in that moment without their swimmies on. And I'm like, oh, my God. OK, so there's my yep. example. of how This is the point. So wow, basically, yes. swimmies need to be worn at all times, you know, just in case they slip away just like that. So yeah, mm-hmm. it happens fast. So that's a great oh, skill. Does. Glad you guys yeah. are doing that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, full credit to my wife. Wasn't even on my mind at all. And when she brought it up, I was like, oh, okay, I guess that makes sense. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it's yeah. wonderful. But, uh, but other than that, nothing too exciting going on in the Old Emmerich household right now. 
Very cool. Well, I don't know how I can tie in the uh, survival swimming into a conversation about Irma and Medicare, but maybe no. we'll think of it later on, or, or you've got a bright idea. But yeah, what's not that this? good, Walt. Not, not, not that good. That good. <laughs> I can't well, talk about acronyms, though. I mean, it, obviously, in our industry, we have so many of them. And I think, um, you know, one of my biggest fears, right, is we're sitting in, I'm sitting in a meeting with a new family, and they bring up some acronym that I'm like, wait, what is that? Um, or some abbreviation. <laughs> have and I heard I, of I all of Irma. them before? <laughs> Correct. Um, uh, but Irma might fall in that boat and some of the listeners might be going, well, what the, what the heck is this Irma? Um, and what it stands for, it stands for Income Related Monthly Adjustment Amount. And it pertains to your Medicare. And what happens is the good old Social Security Administration will look back on your income from a couple years ago uh, once you go on Medicare. And if you made too much money, well, you're going to pay more or could potentially pay more for your Medicare uh, premiums. And so it kind of serves as a means-tested method for Medicare to ensure that higher-income individuals pay higher premiums uh, for their Medicare. Now, I think it's probably important to give a little bit of a high level or a bit of a breakdown on Medicare. We're not going to go into full board details. I know uh, Kevin's done that multiple times on in the past, and we've done a two-part series. I can't remember the episode. Well, I think it was like 50... 58 or so. I'll, we I'll look it up momentarily. Yep. Um, so, and uh, where we had on uh, Zig Novak, one of our local Medicare specialists, and he did a great job kind of breaking down some of the decision points and, you know, what you need to be thinking of with Medicare and, you know, kind of how the parts are, are broken down. Um, but there are two parts. Uh, 50, we, 58 and 59. So you 58 were, and 59. You were right there. Okay. We'll link to those in the description of the show today. So that's easy to find for folks. Nice. But it is important for you to probably understand, well, what parts of Medicare are we talking about when we're thinking about IRMA and how it might impact you? And the first part, um, as you think about Medicare, uh, is part B, and that's your doctor's insurance. So it covers you know, doctor's visits, including specialists, ambulance services, vaccine, home health care, and, and a few other things. And most individuals um, are going to pay a monthly premium for their Part B insurance. And that premium starts at $164.90 this year. And most people pay that right out of their Social Security checks. Uh, if you're not drawing Social Security, then you would just pay that uh, just as you would any other payment or any other bill. Um, so Irma will affect your Part B premium amount. It also uh, will affect your Part D premium amount, which is your drug insurance, which of course covers your prescriptions. Now, prescription plans can vary uh, by cost, but that Irma surcharge is a premium that is on, on top of that. So I'll give you a little bit of a high level of how this Irma surcharge could affect those two premiums. Again, your Part B and your Part D. Uh, so the first threshold uh, for Irma is, again, we're looking back two years prior uh, to when you go on Medicare or the year that you're looking to make those Medicare premium payments. And if your income, uh, married filing jointly, if your income's below 194K, and when I say income, I guess this is where we get down into the nitty gritty and it can't be very easy and just say income, right? What do we mean by income, Walt, right? Mm, yeah. So it's uh, taxable income, is it AGI? And in this case, they're actually looking at your modified adjusted gross income. 
So as we look at this uh, Medicare surcharge, uh, there are income tiers uh, that uh, will determine how much of a surcharge uh, will be applied in your specific situation. And that tier for individuals or families that file married filing jointly starts at about $194,000 of modified adjusted gross income. And if your income is above that, up to the first tier, so the first tier goes from 194 all the way up to $246,000, then your Part B premium uh, could be adjusted upwards of 65, roughly $65 per month, and your Part D premium just over $12 per month, and that's per person. And then that's just the first tier. There are five total tiers. So as you think about the monthly adjustment and how costly it could potentially be, well, that Part B surcharge for IRMA could go upwards of $395 per month, roughly, and $76 per month for your Part D. And again, those are per person. As we think about this, um, it's not something that might be in your line of sight immediately. But when you get that good old letter from the Social Security Administration that says, hey, we looked back at your income two years ago, and you're going to fall into one of these IRMA tiers, instead of paying the $164.90 per month baseline for your Part B premium, we're going to increase it by one of these amounts. And it will depend on which IRMA tier uh, that you actually fall into. And of course, this is one of those tiers that are a little bit more important. And the reason why I say that is because if you go over by $1, you are actually going to be hit with the surcharge. And so it's something to where I call it like a cliff or think of it as a cliff. And if you go over it, you're in it. So there is no do-overs. And if you go over it and you miss it, well, it can be pretty good. In my opinion, it can certainly be costly. A cliff is probably a pretty good way to describe <laughs> that then. Yeah. Once you go over it, eh, it's not like sliding down a hill where you might be able to stop it. No, you're, you're in trouble. So you're in it, right? Or it doesn't, or it doesn't, isn't just what I call marginally painful, right? You think about the gonna hurt. income tax <laughs> brackets, right? And if you go over into say the 22% tax bracket and you only have $1 that goes over, okay, that's no big deal. Uh, but for this one, it's like, Hey, if you go over it, you're going to be paying that surcharge a couple years down the road. Now, what caught my eye, and I think you alluded it to when you set up the podcast today, was that article, which was from a pretty reputable source that alluded to the fact of saying, hey, we should really just stop and just quit worrying about Irma altogether. And the author's argument was essentially that the IRMA charge is a very small percentage of your adjusted gross income. Uh, he estimated anywhere between one and one and a half percent of your adjusted gross income. So all the work that it might take to go and say, hey, am I going to come up on this limit and what do I need to do to avoid it? And all that work isn't really justifying avoiding the cost because that cost really isn't going to move the needle for most families. And kind of set me back because from my standpoint, and maybe this is tell you a little bit how frugal I am, um, but you know, I think the cost is, is extremely important to pay attention to. It might not be a huge cost, but I think for many, it can be very easy to manage the IRMA brackets um, or potentially just avoid them altogether. So with some proper planning, the author made it seem like it was this big ordeal. I think it can be, uh, for the vast majority of listeners out there, something that's fairly easy to accomplish, assuming that you do the work ahead of time. Yeah, sounds like, I mean, if there's this cliff that we're approaching and a little bit of planning helps us from going over that cliff, well, then that, that moves the needle to me, right? Sure, absolutely. And I think it first starts with, well, how should you think about 
the Irma surcharge. And his suggestion from the article was think of it as a percentage AGI. I would suggest you think of it as in a little different frame of light that will help you better make decisions on, well, do I want my income to go up in to Irma? Is Irma going to be a problem for me? And as you start thinking about your income and distribution planning throughout retirement. So I would urge you to think about the Irma surcharge in the form of like tax rates. Um, so what do I mean by that? Um, well, when, for example, when you take a distribution from your IRA account in retirement, you or your advisor is certainly going to be able to know what taxes you're going to owe on that distribution. And sometimes when you take an IRA distribution, that distribution would bump you up into the next tax bracket. You might go from the 12% tax bracket into the 22. And you, when you understand that information and the impact of that, that's going to help you make a better decision on whether you should take that distribution or look at other options. So I would suggest thinking about IRMA costs in the same way. And I think this might better be illustrated in a, in a quick example. So in this example, you know, to kind of get the baseline out of the way, you know, think about, Hey, this is for a married, couple filing jointly and both you and your spouse are on Medicare. And let's say you're coming to the end of the year and your modified adjusted gross income for the year looks like it's going to hit a roughly $194,000. And if that's the case, um, then you're going to have no IRMA charge in a couple of years from now. You're not going to have to worry about Medicare surcharges. But you're watching TV and it perfect commercial comes across and it's this new car and you're like, you know what? I really need that new car, right? So you want to get a new car um, for before the end of the year. So you go and you're thinking about taking that money and taking a distribution from your IRA account, your pre-tax retirement account. Let's say you need $52,000 to purchase that car. So now with this IRA distribution, your income is now going to go above that first IRMA tier and you are going to have to pay an IRMA surcharge. Two years down the road. Now, when I look at that $52,000 IRA distribution, I think most families will look at it from the perspective of, well, you're pulling that money out of your retirement account. Good old Uncle Sam's going to get their hands on a little piece of it, right? In the form of income taxes. Mm. When we think about the Medicare IRMA charges, two years from now, since you are now going to go into that second IRMA or that first IRMA tier, uh, you're going to pay you and your spouse, roughly $1,900 more in Medicare Part B and D premiums two years down the road. Specifically, it's $1,875. Okay. So if you simply take that future charge in Irma, the $1,875, and divide it by the distribution of 52K, you're going to come up with a percentage, 3.61% roughly. So we can take that percentage, I think is extremely helpful because we can take that percentage and add it to your income tax bracket um, that you're going to have to pay. And that'll give you a full picture of the actual costs of making that distribution. And you can use that number uh, and compare it to maybe your future tax rates down the road to get an idea of, hey, is this still a reasonable cost for the distribution? Does that make sense, Walter? Are you following me so it far? Does, yeah. Okay. And what I think is even more helpful as we kind of uh, wrap our arms around thinking about it this way is it's very important to realize again that that Irma tiers 
one, $1 over, remember a cliff at $1 over, you are going to be into that tier. So if we change our scenario up just a little bit, and let's say for that car, you don't need $52,000, you need half that. So let's say the distribution then would be $26,000. Well, if we run our same math on a $26,000 distribution, the $1,875 Irma charge is not going to change, right? Because we're in that tier. So we use our math, we divide the 1875 charge by now a $26,000 distribution, and your tax equivalent, or the way we could think about that, it almost doubles. So the cost jumps up to about 7%. So if we add 7% now to your ordinary income rate, you could see how that it looks like the withdrawal's costing you a bit more, right? Because the IRMA charge doesn't change and you're getting less out of your IRA account. Now, prudent planning might suggest that, or you might want to ask yourself in a situation like this and say, hey, does it make sense for me to maybe fill up that first IRMA tier and take my income up and do a $52,000 distribution, uh, even though I don't need that full amount, I only need 26 for the car, and maybe do a Roth conversion or pull it out because again, that IRMA charge is not going to change. So you're saying like uh, either avoid the cliff or if mm -hmm. you're going to go over the cliff, send it. <laughs> you need, yeah, potentially go all the way, right? And there could be some other evil, factors, evil but you got Jump it. over the cliff. Go, go, yeah. go in, right? Well, and as you think about it, if we go as how the author has suggested and said, quit worrying about Irma altogether, well, they his, under his advice, what we would do is just do the $26,000 distribution for the car and call it a day. But you could see how, all right, if I'm already going to be in that tier, it might make sense to just go ahead and fill it up, Eva Knievel it, as you say, um, to fully take advantage of, hey, I'm going to be in there already. My costs aren't going to change. Now, there are other factors, right? Obviously, you're going to have to pay ordinary income tax and all that other good stuff on the distribution. So you want to be mindful of that. But forgetting about the tiers altogether, I think we lose sight of how valuable they can be from an income planning standpoint. Very cool. So yeah. it sounds like, yes, the answer is incorporate this into your planning. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it does show up in different forms, depending on your specific situation. You know, I think every family that we work with here at True Wealth Design, when we're walking through income targeting and income and distribution planning for our retirees, Irma is going to be a factor. But the question is, is how much of a factor is it going to play? So I think maybe walking you through a couple client scenarios to kind of show how it shows up in each of those scenarios might be helpful. Love as we it. think about this. So, you know, you think about like the first family here or the first scenario, and this is a family that, all right, let's say they've done a very, very good job saving, uh, but most of their savings has been through their employer retirement plans or individual retirement accounts, as with a, a lot of families that we work with. So they have a, the bulk of their retirement assets in pre-tax retirement accounts. And once you come to retirement, that is great that you did the savings, but of course, that poses some issues or potentially could have some concerns for that family. You know, the first one would be good old required minimum distributions or RMDs. Now, once those come down the line, if you have most of your assets in pre-tax retirement accounts, you might be surprised on how much that RMD distribution is going to be. And that might down the road kick you into a higher tax bracket or cause some other tax issues. 
kicking you into an Irma tier um, if you don't appropriately plan for it. Another scenario for that that family is potentially leaving a legacy. I don't know if any of our listeners have ever inherited accounts um, from uh, a loved one or a family member and they inherited pre-tax retirement accounts. But when you do inherit the, those assets, the good old IRS wants their tax money on that wallet. <laughs> so they've got rules that you need to follow depending on how you inherited it. And those rules might require you to do distributions. And of course, those distributions are taxable. So if you have this huge pot of money that you've never paid taxes on and you're doing some estate planning, you got to be mindful of or some families want to be mindful of, well, how is that tax burden going to fall through to the family members that are going to inherit this money long term? So as we think about their income planning, Irma can be a very big piece of that equation because if most of your assets are in pre-tax retirement accounts, well, it becomes easy for us to get very precise on our income targeting each year and take you right up to those limits because we don't want to go over. Or if we do want to go over, going ahead and filling up one of the IRMA tiers and going to the top to avoid increasing that IRMA charge down the road. So we can do that very tightly and there's no issues around us uh, doing that because we can be very specific on the amount of distributions that we take out of those pre-tax retirement accounts. Um, and this all goes into a factor of it's important to understand, hey, you need money to live and you want to spend retirement the way that you want and you got to cover those base needs. But a lot of times you might want to take out more than what you need from a spending standpoint out of those retirement accounts, get the taxes out of the way through Roth conversions and the like, and go ahead and do some of this income planning for Irma down the road when RMDs hit or for estate planning down the road when uh, individuals inherit it. Tyler, it's been great information. Definitely feel like I learned multiple things on today's show. And my biggest takeaway really is I'm kind of blown away that you know, this is the level of detail that you guys get into your planning at True Wealth Design. I just can't imagine that every financial advisor out there is doing this level of detail of planning for their clients. So I'm, I'm continually, every time we do this show, blown away by just how in-depth you guys go with, uh, with your clients and the people that you work oh. with. Appreciate it. Well, I think it's important and maybe part of that might just be being frugal, um, but understanding how these are going to impact your situation. If there's opportunity for us to better manage it and provide better outcomes, well, hey, that's more money for your retirement. That's more estate assets that are going to be passed down to your heirs. And it just puts you in a better financial situation overall. Now, not every family out there is going to be in that situation though, Walt, where, hey, all the bulk of my savings are in these pre-tax retirement accounts and we can manage manage your income very tightly each year, right? We have a subset of families that maybe have larger assets outside of retirement accounts, or maybe they have larger private investments. Um, and under those scenarios, it does become harder for us to be very precise with our income targets, especially when it comes to Irma and that cliff, right? Where if we go over it, you're going to have to pay that charge. Because as anybody who's had private investments or larger non-retirement accounts, well, we got to manage capital gains distributions. Those private investments are going to have K-1s and those K-1s are going to have income that flow through to your tax returns. And a lot of times we don't have a lot of control over 
what flows through on that K1 or what happens in that particular investment. So one year we might have a lot of write-offs in the form of losses. Other years we might have other gains that we have to deal with it. So it can add a layer of complexity um, that flows through down to our income targeting when we think about Irma. Um, and a lot of times for those particular families, and especially for families that have accumulated significant wealth outside of retirement accounts, we might move our targets. And instead of targeting for Irma or modified adjusted gross income targets, we might switch our target and target ordinary income, right? Because as you think about targeting ordinary income, we have more control there and we can control what gets taxed on the return uh, from an ordinary income standpoint. And all those gains, capital gains, dividend distributions and stuff that are kicked off from these uh, assets that are not in retirement accounts, well, all that's going to be stacked on top of that ordinary income. So we can kind of get more granular and very specific and switch those targets. And in that case, maybe the IRMA bracket management isn't as impactful for those families, but we still have it in the back of our mind and we are still being very mindful on, well, hey, are you in the top tier? Are you ever going to go outside of that? And how do we manage for your specific situation, um, which you know a lot of times is going to turn more towards that estate planning, um, avoiding taxes and the like. So it can show up in many different ways depending on your situation. Um, but making that comment that, hey, we should avoid Irma bracket management altogether because it really doesn't move the needle. I don't know if that's telling the whole truth, maybe for a subset of families, but for a lot, including probably a lot of our listeners, um, we just don't necessarily think that's the case. I love it. Uh, where there is a lever to be tweaked or turned or a stone to be overturned to look for an opportunity. <laughs> you guys are experts at that part. So I try to Yeah, love hearing the different ways that you try to squeeze out every opportunity for your clients. And today's episode seems like a great example of that to me. Uh, if you listen to today's show and you're kind of thinking, yeah, I need some help with my financial plan, or I wonder if I'm a good fit to work with the True Wealth Design team, if you want somebody to do this kind of planning and analysis for your financial situation and talk to you about your retirement future and all related things, uh, give a call and have a conversation with uh, Kevin Krosky, with Tyler Emmerich, and the rest of the great staff there at True Wealth Design. The number to call is 855-TWD-PLAN, 855 855- You can also go to truewealthdesign.com and click the Are We Right For You button. That'll allow you to schedule a 15-minute introductory call with an experienced advisor on the team. and You'll be able to set up that conversation and and just see if you're a good fit to work with one another and where where these needles might be in your financial situation that can be moved, tweaked, and uh, put in the right direction. We'll put links and that contact information in the description of today's show so you can find it easily as well. Don't forget to check out the previous series that Kevin did on Medicare back on episodes 58 and 59. We'll link to those in the show notes as well. Uh, Tyler, thank you so much for taking us through all the details on the episode today. Enjoyed this one, my friend, and uh, we'll look forward to checking in with you again in a few weeks. Sounds great. All right. Very good. That's Tyler Emmerich. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next time on Retire Smarter. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accurateness and completeness cannot be guaranteed. All performance reference is historical and not an indication of future results. Benchmark indices are hypothetical and do not include any investment fees.